Hallelujah. Isaiah 60, verse number 1. Glory to the name of Jesus. That man for an hour and a half named every scripture that I was speaking out of the wisdom of God. I was speaking wisdom. He got, he found the scripture to connect with it every time. I'm like, my God, where did you come from? Bible to find the scripture because he doesn't know the English language well enough. But yet and still, me and this man talked for 90 minutes straight. Non-stop. We never had to figure out what topic we're going to come up with. I didn't want to leave that man. They shall know them by your love for one another. When you find a brother, when you find a kingdom brother, you love them because they don't—they come far and few between. Isaiah chapter sixty, verse number one. Look at this. I'm gonna share it with you. So, so key is still prophetic. It says, "Arise, shine, for thy light is come." And the glory of the Lord is risen upon thee. For behold, the darkness shall cover the earth and gross darkness the people. Anytime what's on the people is on the earth, it turns from dark to gross dark. Because we were never meant to wear creation. That's a whole nother message. Darkness covers the earth and gross darkness the people. We were never supposed to look like our surrounding. We were supposed to look like God. But the Lord shall arise upon thee, and his glory shall be seen upon thee, and the Gentiles shall come to thy light, and kings to the brightness of thy rising. Lift that thine eyes round about and see all they gather themselves together. They come to thee, thy son shall come from far, and thy daughter shall be nursed at thy side. Then thou shalt see and flow together, and thine heart shall fear and be enlarged, because the abundance of the sea shall be converted unto thee. The forces of the Gentiles shall come unto thee. The multitude of camels shall cover thee. The dromedaries of Midian and Ephah, all they from Sheba shall come. They shall bring gold and incense, and they shall show forth the praises of the Lord. All the flocks of Kadar shall be gathered together unto thee. The rams of the boar shall minister unto thee. They shall come up with acceptance on my altar, and I will glorify. Very key verse in everything that we're dealing with. I will glorify the house of my glory. Go to verse number. I'll tell you what. Go to. Let's keep reading. Verse 8, who are these that fly as a cloud and as the doves to their windows? Surely the isles, the islands shall wait for me and the ships of Tarshish first to bring thy sons from far. Their silver and their gold with them unto the name of the Lord thy God and to the Holy One of Israel because he hath glorified thee. And the sons of strangers shall build up thy walls and their king shall minister unto thee for in my wrath I smote thee. But in my favor have I made mer- have I had mercy on thee. Therefore thy gates shall be opened continually. They shall not be shut day or night. 
Therefore thy gate shall be open continually. That's key. They shall not be shut day or night. And because of that, men may bring unto thee the forces of the Gentiles, and that their kings may be brought. Verse 18. Violence shall no more be heard in thy land, wasting nor destruction within thy borders. But thou shalt call thy walls salvation. And thy gates praise. Father, we thank you and we just bless you right now. You speak clearly in this house on today. We thank you for your faithfulness not to allow any wine to be wasted. We thank you for your glory. It's in Jesus' precious name we pray. Amen. 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 You may be seated in the house of God. Uh, I, I want to share this, and I want to go back here because it's so key that we understand. Isaiah 66, he, says, shall, shall, he asked the question, shall a nation, who have heard of such a thing, who has seen of such a thing, shall a nation be born in a day? You know, um, before as soon as Zion travailed, she brought forth her children. Amen. And so, so we understand that God has now brought us into a greater revelation of what travailing is. Travailing has an as soon as attached to it. Travailing is, can never be done for a long time. The moment you do it, conception is released. We've been taught that travail is going all night long, crying all night long, busting all night long. But Isaiah 66 makes it clear that as soon as you travail, something happens. So obviously, our definition as travail has kept us from ever travailing. Right? right? It's kept us from ever travailing. Because as soon as you travail, it's brought forth. Why is that? Because we have thought that we have to bring forth New Testament reality out of an old, under an Old Testament curse. The only reason why childbearing was difficult was because Eve sinned. Before Eve sinned, childbearing was never intended to be difficult. That's why Satan had to now bring Eve into sin before Adam knew her. Why? He said, because you sin, Eve, you shall with toil, with pain, with bleeding, carrying a baby nine months, having morning sickness. Everything that you got to go through to bring forth a child is because of a curse. Literally, Adam and Eve were supposed to have intimacy that day and have a baby that night. The same day they had intimacy, they were supposed to walk away with a child called Abel. Women, you're supposed to be able to have children drinking Kool-Aid. You're supposed to be able to have children praising the Lord. Hallelujah. Glory to his name. Nobody even know you have. That's why you can have so many. Because it ain't no pain in it. There was no pain in childbearing before the fall. Right? And so now what we did is we took the false mentality in bringing forth the things of the kingdom. We got to toil. We got to bleed. But no, 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 no. If Jesus is the last Adam, then the church is the last Eve. All right. Right? In other words, we have a right to release a new paradigm of childbearing that's not under the curse. Amen? And so we bring forth without trial and travail. 
One thing that we got to notice is God always prophesies before he does things. Philip and Faith had a, ba- a child named Promise. That child, I promise you, and he told me it was, he said, look, Pastor God had already told me this baby's going to come quick. I talked to him at maybe 11 o'clock. He said, you know what, she there, they're getting a prep to have the baby. Called him back by like 1230. The baby's here. Right. How long did it, how long was she in labor? If you don't mind me putting your business on the streets. About an hour and a half, two hours total. She was in labor and that baby was there, just bam, just jumped out the womb. Amen. Just ready to come, right? As soon as she traveled, she couldn't even push hard. By the time you pushed a few times, what happened? The baby came out. I, was, I thought it was. I thought I was going to have to push. I thought I'm here to tell you God was prophesying to us because we're raising a generation. No, no, no. I ain't just talking about spiritually birthed ministry. I'm talking about natural births because we're raising our children in a new paradigm. The understanding that they've broken the curse. Our children ain't going to be in labor and like you are like we were in labor. Mothers, your children are not going to be in labor for 10, 12, 13 hours. We just got a first fruit and what God is going to do as we enter into this promise. My, my children are going to have babies in less than two hours. The same babies it took me 12, 14, 16 hours to have because we've entered into a dimension that the curse doesn't have access to. And it affects natural life. Thank you, Thank you, your, your, your daughters will have children much easier than you. Right, man. Because of the revelation they've entered into. It's going to affect their physical body. Now y'all act like I'm talking unbiblical. But the Bible says that there was a Pharaoh that wanted to kill the Israelites. And he told the midwives, as soon as those babies come out, break their neck. But the midwives reported back and said, but we can't get there to try to catch the baby because they deliver too fast. Them women, them babies, they pop out them babies at a time that everybody else don't pop out babies. I'm in the Bible. I'm in the Bible. Watch this. Let me share this with you. We're going to go a step, a step further as we understand travail to dance, to whirl, and to twist. It isn't to toil, to be in pain, and to bleed, and to suffer. It is to dance, to whirl, and to twist. The moment Zion enters into real travail, she begins bringing forth. Amen? And I want to go to the next step of this. If you put up that first slide. Glory to the name of Jesus. If you put up that next slide, um, the first slide, I want to take you back to two verses that we read. And I want to put them side by side to kind of help you understand what the Lord is saying on tonight. It's first Isaiah 60 and 11. You can turn there before they get the slide up. It says, therefore, thy gates shall be open continually. Amen. They shall not shut day or night that men may bring unto thee the forces of the Gentiles and that their kings may be brought. Y'all see that? Verse 18 says, side by side, 
For I, I just want you to notice, therefore thy gates shall be open continually. Everybody say that. Therefore, thy gates shall be open continually. If you look at Isaiah 16, verse 18, another prophecy about this glorious church. Now keep in mind, Isaiah's prophesying about the glorious church. Amen. He's foreseeing the glorious church years and generations before she comes because he gets prophetic words of Christ and Christ now conceives the church. Isaiah 60 verse 18 says, Violence shall no more be heard in thy land, wasting nor destruction within thy borders. But thou shalt call thy walls salvation and thy gates praise. When the Father glorifies the house of his glory, he makes the walls out of a material called salvation. Now, we got to catch that. So, because if, if I understand that the glorious church is supposed to have walls made out of a material called salvation, I have to move beyond the minute idea that salvation just keeps me from going to hell when I die. Salvation has to play a bigger role while I'm here. If if the glorious church's walls are made out of a material called salvation, we're actually supposed to build a church with materials. We are called to build a spiritual house. He's he's now helping us understand the spiritual house. Read 1 Peter. The spiritual house. We're a royal priesthood able to offer up spiritual sacrifices. We have to build a wall. Glory be to God. The reason why the wall is in the news is because the wall is in the kingdom news. God is looking for a people that'll build a wall. And that ain't got nothing to do with me supporting building the wall. Get off the surface. I'm trying to help you understand how to hear kingdom instead of just being a television. Amen? Now watch this. So, so, so now salvation is the Hebrew word Yeshua. It's the Hebrew word Yeshua. Now listen to this. Salvation or Yeshua means deliverance, aid, victory, prosperity, health, help, and welfare. But thou shalt call thy walls deliverance, aid, victory, prosperity, help, health, and welfare. Now, that's powerful because walls are what? Walls are borders that entrap us within their confines. <laughs> Thou shalt call thy walls deliverance, aid, victory, prosperity, health, help, and welfare. Walls are borders that entrap us within their confines. Glory causes us to be trapped behind walls called deliverance. I am no longer simply trying to be delivered per se. I become walled in by deliverance. I'm not trying to get deliverance. Deliverance got me. I I couldn't get free from deliverance if I wanted to. I'm trapped in a wall called... No, what I'm saying. But thou shalt call thy walls victory. I am not trying to get the victory. I am not trying to keep the victory. The victory has me walled in. The victory has me trapped and will not let me leave. The glorious church doesn't get victory. The glorious church can't escape victory. The glorious church don't get deliverance. The glorious church can't escape deliverance. I'm 
trapped in a maze called deliverance. And there was a few times I tried to find myself out. I tried to find my way out and figure out I'm still delivered. Depression tried to come, but I found that I still had joy. I feeling like quitting tried to come, but I felt like I still had peace. I'm trapped and I can't. It's the glorious church. But thou shall call thy walls welfare. Welfare is good fortune, health, happiness, and prosperity. Glory causes me to be trapped behind a wall called good fortune, health, happiness, and prosperity. I am not simply trying to have good fortune, health, happiness, and prosperity. I am trapped by it. And the walls of salvation aren't physical walls, they're spiritual walls. In other words, they're a habitation that I have no matter what location I'm in. So, so I need, give, give me four people to come in here. Come here and make a wall around me. Come on. Because walls are made out of men of faith anyway. I want y'all to lock hands in four corners. I'm not messing around. God has glorified the house of his glory. And because he's glorified the house of his glory, there is literally a wall around me called salvation right now. You can't see it, but it's there. And no matter where I see, because... Our problem is we've got this fickle form of salvation that the devil has made us believe he can come take it anytime he want to take it. But walls call salvation. I'm going to teach you about that in a minute. Now, because their walls call salvation, this victory has me trapped. Deliverance has me trapped. Prosperity has me trapped. Health and wholeness has me trapped. It, because they are spiritual walls, they move when I do. So now when I go to work, guess what goes with me? God, victory goes to me to work. Now when I go through hell, guess what goes with me? Deliverance goes with me. Now when I go through temptation, guess who goes with me? Deliverance goes with me. I won't enter into temptation. Be careful. Y'all missed it. Be careful that you don't enter into temptation. Temptation is something you enter into. The only way I can enter into one thing is if I exit another. I don't have to worry about entering into temptation unless I I exit the walls called salvation. But the problem, Akeem, is they won't let me out. These guys are wild. This deliverance is crazy. I thought I was going to quit and couldn't quit. I thought I was going to move and couldn't move. I thought I was going to fall and couldn't fall. No matter what I did, they kept me trapped. Now unto him who is able to keep you from falling and to present you faultless before the presence of his glory. No weapon formed against you. My God, if I go to hell, salvation, you going with me. If I go through the fire, salvation, you going with me. If I go through the flood, salvation, Salvation, you going with me. Look at me, tell your neighbor, I'm trapped and can't get out. My God. Well, now, now, why would we give bondage that much power, but we won't give deliverance that much power? And we'll say when we're bound, I'm trapped and I can't get out. Why can't we say when we're free, we're trapped and we can't get out? God, I need somebody in here to bless the Lord. God, that'll put you in a maze called manifestation. That'll put you in a place called victory and won't let you out. Their walls are salvation. Glory be to God. Look at everybody tell your neighbor, it's time to build a wall. 
when God glorifies the house of his glory, he gives them walls called salvation. You don't understand. I tried to get stressed out and couldn't. I, there are times I tried to be stressed because people were stressed and they said, you don't understand. So I tried to understand, God, let me be stressed like them and I couldn't. I couldn't cry like them. I couldn't talk about the problem like them. I couldn't go there with them. And I tried to. And, and I know it seems very, very unsensitive, but I'm trapped. Come on. Come on. Yes, I'm trapped in a place that says, though you slay me, yet will I trust the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm trapped in a place that says, though a righteous man falls seven times, oh God Almighty, the Lord will pick that man back up and he'll keep his promise to that man. I know we've glorified bondage and said we tried to get free and couldn't. When are we going to glorify freedom and say we tried to get back bound and couldn't? Anybody ever did that before? You act like it didn't happen. After God delivered you from liquor, you still tried to drink liquor, but you found out that liquor taste was no longer in your mouth. You just got trapped. When you tried to smoke after you got delivered from smoking and figured out when you tried to smoke, you didn't want the cigarette no more, you got trapped. Why don't you glorify the God that trapped you in a place called free of liquor, free of cigarettes? You entered into a dimension of walls called salvation. Somebody shout for walls called salvation. When God glorifies the house of his glory, he traps us behind walls called salvation. Therefore... Shall thy gates be opened continually? Isaiah 60 verse 11. Everybody say that. Therefore shall thy gates be open continually. We enter his gates with thanksgiving and we enter his courts with praise. Thou shalt call thy wall salvation and thy gates praise. What am I trying to say? Walls of salvation are only access when we have gates called praise. I'm going to say that again. Walls of salvation are only access when we have gates called praise. I ain't done yet. That don't close. See, that's what we miss. I know you know how to praise him, but do you know how to not stop praising him? I know you know how to say thank you, but do you know how to not stop saying thank you? I... When we don't shut the gate called praise, we are permitted to have walls called salvation. So in other words, what I'm trying to say is walls, we're talking about building a spiritual house now. I ain't talking about building a natural, I'm talking about building a spiritual house, which we're really supposed to build. Anybody understand what I'm saying? Walls called salvation only come in conjunction with gates called praise. This is the key. Addendum that never shut. 
In other words, what I'm trying to tell you, people of God, is it is a prodigal praise expression. That, I'm going to say that again. It is a prodigal praise expression. Don't you dare walk around thinking the prodigal means rebellious. Don't you dare admit that, walk around meaning thinking it means now uh, defying again. Prodigal means excessive. He spent all of his living on riotousness. It is a prodigal praise expression that gives us access to the walls called salvation. See, what I'm trying to tell you is, what I'm sharing, this glory isn't for the balanced. If you want to be balanced, this glory ain't for you. If you just want Jesus to help you through your problems, this glory ain't for you. If you just want a little bit of church on Sunday to ease your conscience because this is what mama raised us to do, no matter how we live, we go to church on Sunday, this ain't for you. This is only for the prodigal people. This is the promise for those who root themselves, hear me, in this outpouring. There's an outpouring going on right now. Who root themselves in this outpouring of adulation. Who say yes to being the light of the world through day and night delight. Day and night and night and day make me a house of prayer. Y'all ain't hear what I'm saying? So walls of salvation are for those who have gates that never close. They are those, can I put it this way, with excessive, exaggerated, unreasonable, extravagant, extreme, boundless, immoderate worship and devotion. Therefore thy gates shall be open continually. Who can be thankful all the time? Day and night delight. Therefore thy gates shall be open continually. Day and night delight. We enter his gates with thanksgiving and his course with praise. Gates correspond directly with thanksgiving. Can I just teach for a minute? Amen. The promise of Isaiah 60 verse 11 is that God will root us in thanksgiving. Day and night our gates will always be open. That we will be perpetually planted in a place called thanksgiving day and night. Thanksgiving is equivalent to open gates. Every time you're thankful, your gate is open. Everybody find what I'm saying? Every time with thanksgiving is equivalent to open gates. This is the key. And this is what the Spirit spoke to me, and it messed me up and took this message a whole nother way. I didn't think I was going to take it, but, but I know it was the Spirit of the Lord. Open gates on earth release open windows in heaven. That's what the Spirit of the Lord told me after I got here. I'm going to say that again. Open, and it'll make sense in a minute. God made it make perfect sense. Open gates on earth release open windows in Y'all missed it. Malachi 3 and 10. Because we think the tithe is just about money. Elder Mills helped us understand that. Prove me now therewith, saith the Lord, that I open up the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing that thou shalt not have a room enough to receive. If the blessing is poured, that means the blessing is outpouring. Come on. Come on. 
I will pour you out a blessing that thou shalt not have room enough to receive. Y'all just missed it. If the blessing is poured, that means the blessing is outpouring. In the last days, I shall pour out my spirit on all flesh, and your sons and daughters shall prophesy. If the blessing is poured out, then the blessing is outpouring. Open gates on earth release outpourings from heaven. Therefore, thy gates shall open continually because gates that don't close inherit outpourings that don't end. I'm going to say that again because y'all missed it. God just made him. Gates that don't close release outpourings that don't end. I will pour out a blessing that you won't have room enough lifetime to receive. In other words, GRRC, I got news for you. What God has begun to pour out won't be finished before we die. He's going to have to finish pouring it on our children and our children's children and our children's children's children. We just set in motion a millennial release of an outpouring of God that says he'll bless our posterity to a thousand generations. I just need you to know I'm preaching millennial message. I'm preaching thousand year anointing right now. This is stuff that's setting something in. This message is about the millennial. What has started in GRRC will not end. Look, don't worry about coming next week and the spirit died down. It will not end. Don't worry about five years from now. People still going to walk up. It will not end. I will pour you out a blessing. We have now said yes to open gates. And open gates, God said yes to open windows. And once he starts pouring, he can't pull back. Because he pours out stuff bigger than our lifetime to receive. My, my son will be a prophet because of this. My daughter will be an evangelist because of this. My great-grandson will walk in... What has started in GRRC will not end because the Lord has poured out an anointing of adulation. It is excessive devotion into which we have become open gates. Our gates don't close. You getting up in the morning brushing your teeth with your gate open. You putting soap on your back with your gate open. You riding to work with your gate open. See, you getting excited if you've allowed this thing to really do what it's supposed to do in your life right now. This is not an outpouring that's going to keep your children from being on drugs. This is an outpouring that's going to pour glory on them to break drug addiction. This is not a glory that's going to keep your child from having sex before marriage. This is a glory that's going to be able to release the power of virginity upon a generation. It is a different outpouring. This ain't a keep you safe outpouring. This is and the gates of hell shall not prevail against the church outpouring. No, this is the this is the stir trouble. This is when the kingdom begins to get violent. <laughs> 
children are like arrows in the hand of a mighty warrior. Blessed is the man. Do you know what I do with you? I aim you right at my enemy because what I couldn't oh, do you know what I do? I aim you right at my enemy because there's something in you bigger than something in me. My children are able to kill the enemies that are too far away from me to get to. They're beyond my lifetime. So I can aim them. I'm aiming you into 3020, boy. I won't see it, but I got my aim on the enemy, and I'm going to launch your posterity, and you're going to take Goliath's head. You're a giant killer. Can you feel that? That's called real destiny. My heart beats for that, Edwin. I, I wake up in the morning for that. I'll come in and preach every week for that. God, if you're going to do that, I'll never stop. Gates that won't close release generational outpourings. Come on, somebody shout, this is for the generation. <laughs> now watch this. Watch this. Because the Lord made me a promise. so funny. I'll tell, you, I'll tell you later on. Let me get a little bit further first. Because he made me a promise, but I'll share it later. Go to slide number two. I want to show you a couple things. Hallelujah. It's a blessing when you finally completely sit in what you were born for. I have no doubt what I was born for now. And I'm experiencing it right now. Isaiah 60. Look what it says. <clears throat> In Isaiah 60, verse 11, it says, Therefore thy gates shall be open continually. Everybody say gates. gates. Genesis 22 and 17. This is the promise to Abraham, the Abrahamic promise. Blessing, I will bless you, and multiplying, I will multiply your descendants <clears throat> as the stars of heaven and as the sand which is on the seashore. And your descendants shall possess the gates of their enemy. Y'all see that? And your descendants shall possess. Everybody say gate. Matthew 16, verse 18. And I say also unto thee that thou art Peter. And upon this rock, I will build my church. And the gates, everybody say gates, of hell shall not prevail against it. The church, now this is what we got to understand. The church, by way of adulation, please hear what I'm saying. Excessive devotion, day and night delight, we can't ever leave that out, becomes the gate of heaven that never closes. This is what we got to understand about the gate of heaven because the first revelation was of Jacob. This is what we got to understand. The gate doesn't give earth access to heaven. The gate gives heaven access to earth. This ain't the place where you come to go to heaven. 
This is the place where you come to experience heaven on earth. Thy kingdom come. That's the problem right there. You come here to go to heaven when you're supposed to be coming here to experience heaven on earth. Wouldn't you pray, pray like this. Thy kingdom come and thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Not when you die. Not when you get old. Not when you go to heaven right now. The gate doesn't give earth access to heaven. The gate gives heaven access to earth. In short, this is what I got to say. And this is how we break down religious idols that dressed in pretended that it was light, but it's actually darkness. Because when the light that's in you is darkness, how great. In short, we don't come to church just so we can go to heaven. We come to church to experience heaven on earth. If I can't come to church and experience heaven, I need to find another church because that church ain't a gate. Heaven accesses earth through a gate called the church. Now there's gates of hell. Hell accesses earth through a gate called the world. Heaven accesses earth through a gate called the church. Hell accesses earth through a gate called the world, and the gates of hell shall not prevail. Where there is a, gr- a gate where heaven is accessing earth, the gates of hell shall not prevail. The gate of heaven is the place where the gates of hell can't enter in. They have no access. Their gates won't prevail against the gate of heaven. Why? I need y'all to catch this because this is so powerful. Well, there are gates of praise. There are walls called salvation. If salvation is something I can be handed and taken away, that's one thing. But if salvation is a trap. The gates of hell shall not prevail against the church. Whatever is from hell. That's influencing a person, oppressing a person, causing a person to be sick, doubt God, live in unbelief, live in defeat, cannot enter into the gate of heaven. Where there's walls of salvation, it can't enter in. I need my wall to come back up. Where is Joe at? Come here, Joe. Come here. You're the only one I can trust to do this. I need my wall, Milo, and, and, and y'all go ahead and make y'all wall. Come here. Stand right here, son. Stand right here on this step. I'm going to show you something. The gates of hell should not prevail. Y'all go ahead and make the gate without me. Jump on my back. Be gentle, man. I'm, I'm getting old. All right? This is now the believer without God. There's always a monkey on your back. There's, there's a sin on your back. There's an addiction. This is the average person walking around right now. There's something else on them besides now life itself. That's why they call it the spirit of heaviness, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. Walls of salvation, gates of praise, take care of it. Now, this is hell on this man. Amen. This is this is hell on me. This is why I wake up in the morning and don't want to get up. This is why I can sleep for eight hours and I'm still tired. This is why no matter what I get, I feel like I still need something. Why? Because I have hell on me. 
Hell is a, you should, you're not supposed to live like that. That's how not we exist. We all get stressed out sometimes. We all feel like breaking down sometimes. No, that's hell. All right. That's hell on you. Come on. Somehow the world has released hell on you, but now the gate of heaven, the house of God, has been glorified, and he shall glorify the house of his glory, and they shall have walls called salvation. And so now the man that's in addiction, the, the man that's contemplating suicide, the, the man that feels like he can't go any further, he, he finally gets invited to a church that's a gay church. And when he walks through the door, he enters walls of salvation. And so anytime he enters the wall of salvation, now the gate of hell cannot prevail. The gate of hell gets checked at the door. It's still there, but it can't be on him as long as he's in here. While the singing is going forth, now the, the depression is not on him. While the praise is going forth, the suicide is not on him. While the glory is going forth, the pornography is not on him. And so now he comes in the church and he feels better. Anybody ever felt better after you left church? Anybody ever felt better? After, why? Because the, the gates of hell had to check themselves at the door. And what happens is when I leave church, that same devil is waiting and jumps on me before, get back on me, right before I get in the car. And before you know it, by Wednesday, I'm back there again. But I come back in the house of God and he has to check out the door. And I go through it again and I begin to cry. I feel the spirit of God while the preaching is going forth. I hear the singing of God, but then when I leave, he jumps back on me again. And then after a while, what happens is this. This is what happens. I now keep on going. And if I go enough, I'll grow enough. Y'all hear what I'm saying? If I go enough, I'll grow enough. It is the anointing that destroys the yoke. This demon wears a size child. Glory be to God. This demon wears a size small. And I've been in the house of God and I've been flourishing. The anointing has been blessing me. Stuff has been touching me. And when I come back out, I try to put back on the bondage. But now who I am won't allow it to fit on me no more. So I walk away and now I'm no longer in bondage. I'm a part of the wall. When I leave, the wall comes with me. I don't oh, glory be to God. I become a part of the wall of salvation because the anointing has to Man, I'm here to tell you depression don't even come in my size. Discouragement don't even come in my size. Defeat don't even come in my size. You too big for that. Wall called salvation. Man, if I try to put that on, I'll burst it wide open. Anybody ever had a pair of pants you tried to put on many, many moons ago and many, many cake slices ago? Let me put it that way. We all got some stuff in our closet many, many cake moons ago. We know better than to wear that to church. Because if I try to sit in those pants, they'll split. Y'all miss what I just said. There's no way I can sit with them pants on me no more. I'll never sit in that bondage again. It'll split. I'll never sit in that dysfunction again. It'll split. I'll never sit in that bondage again. It'll split. It's too tight if I sit in it. I can't stay there. I can't be bound there. I can't spend a week there. I can't spend a day there. I'm too big for this. (laughs) 
Devil, you try to get on me, I'll split my pants. I'm too big for this. It's called walls of salvation. Keep going, you'll, you'll keep growing. And you'll figure out it won't fit you no more. I need somebody to praise God that it didn't fit you no more. Listen to this, because I need y'all to understand this, the, the, the church, the church, the church, the gate of heaven, the church, the gate of heaven, the gathering of God's sons and daughters is supposed to always have around it an invisible wall called salvation. Always. Every time we gather together, they're supposed, everybody say supposed to be. There's supposed to be an invisible wall that the gates of hell, when they come in here, can't come in with them. Right. So the strong man's armor has been taken away so we can spoil his goods. The arm, he's disarmed by atmosphere. There's an atmosphere that disarms the strong man. It's the wall of salvation. Amen? A wall that ensures now... When Gentiles enter into our borders or our gatherings, they know that God still dwells among men and that God is still a supernatural God. He said, wasting nor destruction shall be found in your borders. I don't know what they're doing on the other side of 109 Lakeson Road, but in here, divorce ain't found. I don't know what they're doing on the other side of Langston Road, but over here, children obey their parents. I don't know what they're doing on the other side of Langston Road, but in here, husbands love their wife as Christ loved the church. I don't know what they're doing on the other side, but in here, wives submit to their husbands as now they should. Amen. It's a different atmosphere, and our problem is we don't understand. We'll disobey, and we'll be the one breaking down the wall. All right. Come on. We'll be the one breaking down the wall. We'll have broke down walls. And so people who come in with depression leave with depression because somebody that broke down the wall. And don't keep their gates open. So people come with, 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 with a dysfunction and leave with dysfunction because the walls have holes in it. Now, y'all acting like I ain't talking about a man named Nehemiah. Y'all act like there was never a problem with the walls before. Glory be to God. Y'all, <laughs> I'm so much in the Word right now, and y'all missing it. Maybe Nehemiah, it wasn't a big deal for Nehemiah to build a natural wall. Maybe the, the wall that Nehemiah needed to repair was actually pointing to the wall of salvation that needs to be repaired in the 20th century church. I want to share something with you because I believe we're in a Nehemiah hour too. All right, come on. Everybody turn to the book of Nehemiah. Nehemiah was a part of the captive that returned. A part of the exiles that were taken into Babylonian captivity, but at this point are under Persian government. That he now releases back. To, he releases what he calls a measure of the captivity. The king of Persia does. Xerxes. He allows them to go back and return to their homeland. A measure of them. Not all of them, 
but what you would call a remnant, a remnant returns, glorious remnant. I'm trying to help you understand that this is very prophetic and it's going to be right in here too. They return and by the leadership of Ezra, they rebuild the altar. They have the altar to the house of God. They, con- they now can continue in sacrifice. Right. They begin giving sacrifices back to God through Ezra's leadership. Amen. But the problem is they are sacrificing with no walls. Right. There's no walls that are keeping them in victory. There's no ties, but windows aren't being opened. They're sacrificing, but because there's no walls, no, no windows are being opened. They're, they're sacrificing, but because there's no walls, they're still defeated like everybody else. So now the walls are missing. So now God says it ain't good enough to have a church without walls. We need walls to be rebuilt. The, the walls of the city had been broken down. Every city had walls around it. It was necessary because the city was as only as strong as its walls. That's why Jericho was considered such a strong city. Because there was no city that had the thick and thickness and height of the walls of Jericho. And God said, I am going to take what they think their greatest strength is and tear it down without you touching it. It's not. It's your walk and your shout. That's a whole nother message. Don't shout first, walk first. And, and, and after you finish walking for seven days, you get the walk right, then your shout will have some power. Walk, then shout. Don't shout and try to walk. That's a whole nother message. Nehemiah. I'm going to share, share this with you. So Nehemiah comes to rebuild the wall. Nehemiah chapter 1, verse number 1. It says here, watch this, the words of Nehemiah, the son of Hekiah, and it came to pass in the month of Sheselu, in the 20th year, as I was in Shushan, the palace, that Hanani, one of my brethren, came, he and certain men of Judah, and I asked them concerning the Jews that had escaped, which were left of the captivity, and concerning Jerusalem. Y'all see that? And then verse number three goes on to say, and they said unto me, the remnant that are left of the captivity there in the province are in great affliction and reproach because the wall of Jerusalem also is broken down and the gates thereof are burned with the wall of Jerusalem is broken down and the gates are are burned with fire. You shall call your walls salvation and your gates praise. The gates thereof are broken down and the walls are uh, the walls are broken down and the great the, the gates there are burned with fire. The broken down natural walls and gates of Nehemiah's day which required rebuilding speak forward please hear me prophetically to the spiritual walls of salvation and the gates of praise that are broken down today that must be rebuilt in by the remnant church. Only the remnant goes back to rebuild the wall and the gates. Glorious remnant. Revival community. Read the text. And they said unto me, the remnant that are left of the captivity. There is a remnant according to the election of grace that will refuse to accept 
powerless salvation, the powerless salvation that is preached, hear me, please hear me, and the prostitute praise that is being now populated that says we use praise as a coping mechanism and not a gate for God to access his people. I do not praise so I don't lose my mind. That is a prostitute. I do not dance so I don't give up. No, 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 no. I die daily so I can get the mind of Christ. I don't dance not to lose my mind. Praise is a gate. Not a drug. Amen. And, 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 and God is saying there is a remnant people that God is raising up that refuse, refuses to use praise in that way of prostitution and refuses to agree with a powerless gospel, amen, that cannot bring transformation into people's lives. And they said unto me, the remnant that are left of the captivity, they are in the province, are in great affliction and reproach. The walls of Jerusalem are broken down, and the gates thereof are burned with. Thou shalt call thy walls salvation. Follow it. And thy gates praise. The remnant are those who return to the biblical kingdom expression of faith. They refuse to remain in the Babylon of religion and tradition, and they refuse to say, I want to come and learn the Bible. No, 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 that ain't the remnant church. The remnant church says, I want to come and live the Bible. I do not want to come and learn a bunch of stuff I don't plan on living, but I want to live by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Stop teaching me stuff. You ain't experienced. Ever learning and never able to come into the knowledge of the truth. There's some things learning keeps you from knowing. Ever learning and able coming. You can't learn healing. You got to know that. You can't learn casting out devils. You can only know that. And some people think what they learned made them know, which ever kept them from ever knowing it. Right. Ever learning, but never able come to come into the knowledge of the truth. But God says there's a remnant that's saying, if I'm going to learn it, I'm going to live it. Right. If God said it's mine, it's mine. Anytime you go after promises other people ignore, they'll call you fanatic. God promised that we would lay hands on the sick and they recover. Don't call me a fanatic because you're not waiting on him anymore. I'm waiting on Jesus to come back. If you ain't waiting to heal nobody, you ain't waiting on Jesus. Because he said you were going to heal. You ain't waiting to heal nobody no more. You ain't waiting on Jesus no more. You ain't raising the raise. You're not waiting to raise the dead. You ain't waiting on Jesus. I'm waiting on him to come back. No, you ain't. Because you ain't waiting on what he said he's going to He promised you he's going to do. You're waiting, but you ain't waiting on Jesus. We got to get a complete new definition of what waiting on Jesus means. Are you still waiting to lay hands on the sick and they recover? If you're not, you ain't waiting on Jesus. Are you still waiting to cast out devils? If not, you ain't waiting on Jesus. Are you still waiting to disciple people? If not, you ain't waiting on Jesus. Go ye therefore and make disciples of all nations. Don't tell them they need to get saved. Don't tell them about hell. Disciple them. Right. Why y'all get so quiet? Maybe we need to revise our weight. Glorious remnant 
please hear me, even as we return to true biblical kingdom expression, we must understand as we initially return to the ways of the Lord, we'll yet experience broken down walls and burn up gates. We're trying to return to the kingdom way. We got to understand at this point, we're still experiencing broken down salvation. Thy walls shall be called salvation and burn up praise expression. Both walls and gates, salvation and praise must at this moment, please hear what I'm saying, be biblically rebuilt in order for us to enter into our destiny as the house of God's glory. In other words, our perception of salvation has holes in it. I'm going to say that again. Our understanding is broken down. Our understanding of salvation has holes in it, and our praise has burn marks on it. In other words, we've been handed down burnt gates. Please hear. Our legacy of praise has burn marks on it. We've been taught that the intensity of our praise is to reflect the degree to which we've been burnt, not to reflect the glory of God. All the hell that I've been through, that is a burnt gate. I almost lost my mind, praise. That is a burnt gate. I almost gave up on everything, praise. That is a burnt gate. We've been passed down a legacy of praise that has burn marks on it. The gates have been burned down and the walls of salvation are broken. I don't praise God based off of first, second, and third degree burns. We as the remnant have been charged with the assignment of rebuilding the walls and the gates. Thank you, Lord. Y'all get this. And they said unto me, Nehemiah 1 and 3, the remnant that are left of the captivity, there in the province are in great affliction. Y'all see that? Everybody say great affliction. Intense affliction. Everybody say affliction. Listen to this. Affliction is distress, misery, adversity, calamity, state of pain. Grief, disease, disorder, hardship, illness, infirmity, depression, and difficulty. Sounds like the average believer. The average believer is in distress, in misery, going through adversity, in pain, in grief, having hardships, sick, depressed, and fighting through difficulty. But God directly connects that condition to broken down walls and burn up gates. Right. He says the people of God are in adversity because the wall is broken down right. and the gates have been burned with fire. The invisible wall called salvation that's supposed to, re- to surround God's sons and daughters when they gather that traps men. Man, you're supposed to be trapped in deliverance. Man, you are supposed to be trapped in victory. Man, you are supposed to be trapped in joy. Man, you
you are supposed to be trapped in peace. But that invisible wall that's supposed to be around us has been broken down. Amen. The enemy has come in and robbed the church of her adulation. Because we can't have that without adulation. The enemy has come in and robbed the church of her adulation through giving her religion. That's the problem right there. Religion causes us to trade our status as sons into a status of a struggler. We accept struggle status instead of our sonship. We all going to struggle with sin in this old flesh until we go see Jesus. And we go to heaven. And once we get to heaven, then we won't have to struggle with sin like we do right now. But thy will be done on earth. Why? How can you just throw that out the window? Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Thank you, Lord. It's okay to live in defeat. It's okay to live in dysfunction. As long as you get the get out of hell after you die card before you leave, you can be defeated, you can be busted, you can be depressed, you can be just like everybody else. Salvation is to make sure you don't go to hell when you die. It's not worth much while you're living. Now, none of us would say that, but religion says that. It don't matter how what condition you're in, because salvation only helps you when you die anyway. So the devil can whoop your behind your whole life. Why do we believe that? That ain't biblical, but we believe that. I don't care what they do as long as they get as long as he gets saved, he ain't never get in the wall. The walls of salvation have been broken down by religion and unbelief and has become no more than a future ride to glory. I'm going to catch the train to glory one day when salvation's true intent is to make us glorious right now. I will glorify the house of my glory. The glorious house's walls shall be salvation and her gates praise. Unbelief is when we hide what we don't believe is something that's going to happen in the future. I just said a mouthful right there. Unbelief is when we hide what we really don't believe by saying it's going to happen later. Religion is good at that. But one day we're going to be with Jesus and we're going to have joy. Well, the joy of the Lord is your strength now. But you really don't believe that. So instead of just saying, I don't believe that, I'll hide my unbelief by saying in the future, I'll have that. But now faith. Faith only works if it's now. If you put it. Can you see how the walls have been broken down? The walls are broken down. We got to rebuild these walls. Salvation is more than what religion has taught us salvation is, and more than what people who really don't believe that act like they believe say it is. Salvation is more than that. It is a place that you can walk into while you're on earth, and diseases that they say man can heal, you can get healed of those diseases in the walls of salvation. Mental disorders that they say can't be cured. Have you ever heard of the maniac of Gennaranas? And be healed in the walls of salvation. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. 
We gotta re- we gotta repair the gate. We gotta repair the gates. We gotta restore the wall. Glorious remnant. We gotta we gotta repair the gates and restore the wall. Stop saying you hope you make it in. I'm here to tell you if you hope you're gonna make it in, chances are you're not gonna make it in. I ho- I, I, nobody knows if they're saved. Who? What religious man taught lied to you and told you that? First John tells us clear in chapter five. I write these things that you might know that you have eternal life. Eternal, not that you might learn that you have eternal life. Because God said I was saved. I'm saved. No, you know it. There. You've experienced it. You've handled and touched. And now seeing the word of life. And you know on the inside, death can't handle me. I'm not scared of death. Because death can't handle me. Because the Bible says, those that believe in me shall not see death. But they shall taste it. Because death is a man that rides on a pale horse. I'll never meet that man when I die. I'll never see him. But I'll taste death. You know what you do when you taste something? Anybody ever tasted something you ain't never tasted before? You stick a little bit in your mouth. And that's it. God said that's about as much of death as you're going to be experienced. Because to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. All oh, that men would bless this God that took the sting out of the grave and took the victory from death. Please ever tell your neighbor, I'll taste it. We have to restore the walls of salvation. Salvation is for now. Salvation is for victory now. Salvation is for peace now. Salvation is for joy now. Salvation is to be the light of the world now. Salvation don't talk about how dark it is. You see what they're doing now? Look at them. Now they're passing same-sex marriage laws. Law was never meant to keep men from being homosexuals. Glory was. I don't care what laws they passed. Even if they passed it and made it against the law, the same amount of homosexuals there are now would still be, even if it was against the law. Because the law can't deliver men. But when darkness covers the earth and deep darkness covers the people, there shall be a light that is seen upon thee. Don't talk about the darkness. Arise and shine. Law can't fix this. We need to get some people in that'll change the laws. Let them do it. Let them do it. Because as darkness covers the earth, men that thought they were women their whole life are going to spend one moment in the light. And everything they thought they were, they're going to walk away knowing they're none of it. And it's not going to be because of a president that passed the law, a senator, the Supreme Court. It's going to be because God found a a gate of heaven, a a people who have rebuilt the walls of salvation, a people who have restored the gates of praise day and night and night and day. God, I feel that.
that in my spirit. Man, look, if the, the homosexual, please sit them next to me in church. I ain't going to tell them homosexuality is wrong. All I'm going to do is shine on them. I ain't going to tell them that you got to be ashamed of yourself. All I'm going to do is shine on them. I'm just going to let the glory of God you need to be waiting for the homosexual to come. So then when I say hug your neighbor, make sure you squeeze them tight. Because there's light on you. There's... I have no interest in you telling me the details of darkness. Why does light need to study darkness? When light can uproot it. We got to rebuild the wall and rebuild the gates. Salvation is more than a ticket out of hell. Salvation is that thy kingdom come now on earth. As it is in heaven. Come on, can somebody bless the Lord? Come on, somebody bless his name. Come on, we will. Do you understand you are born for this moment, son? You are born for this moment, daughter. The darkness ain't got a chance against you. Arise! You were called to the kingdom at such a time for this. Then. Look at Nehemiah chapter 2, verse 17. I'm about to close. I will say this. Let me see what time it is. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Nehemiah 2 and 3. Let's go here. We got a few more times. Y'all give me 15 more minutes. Can I get 15 more minutes? Hallelujah. God promised me when I finished this book that it was time for me to write another book. And I actually stopped three pages, but I just finished this book. And he said, you're going to write another book. Once you finish this book, so I'm about to start writing another book. And this book will be the means by which individuals are released in the outpourings of adulation. People are, the people that are read this book are going to experience outpourings. It is now, this book is wet with an outpouring of the Lord. I didn't know it while I was writing it until I just finished it today. So I'm going to publish my third book probably by the end of this year. God said you'll write it before the end of the year, but won't publish it to the end of the year because you won't have to add testimonies for what happens all year in it. So I'm going to write it, but I ain't going to, there's some things that are going to happen because of it. Do you understand everything that's happening now is because of what's in this book? This book has outpouring drenched on it. Watch this. Watch this. Nehemiah chapter 2, verse number 3. Nehemiah chapter 2, verse number 3. So, so, so powerful. It says here, And said unto the king, Let the king live forever. 
Why should not my countenance be sad when the city, the place of my father's soap shakers, lie in waste and the gates thereof are consumed with fire? This is now Nehemiah. He's the cupbearer before he returns to, to Jerusalem. He was now the cupbearer. He was the one who came before the king and always drunk of his cup before he passed it to the king to make sure whatever the king had wasn't poisoned. In other words, he was the king cup's bearer because the king trusted his lips. Can the king trust your lips? Come on, can, can he trust that what, what, he, what he, you put to your mouth is what he'll put to his mouth? That you will say what he would say. That you would declare what he would declare. That you'll speak by faith like he'll speak by faith. God is calling up some cupbearers. He's calling up some cupbearers. And so there was a, a law, Johnny, there was a law in that law. If you came in the presence of the king, you could never be sad. You could never be depressed. I don't care what was going on in your life. I don't care if your back was hurt. You're going to walk like it ain't because you're in the king's presence. And in the king's presence is always joy. There was nothing... <laughs> there was nothing else accepted in the king's presence but joy. And that was now a natural law that spoke of a principle. That there's no way you can be sad in the king's presence. That, that, that's what we need. Amen. We just need presence. Presence changes everything. But now Nehemiah comes in his presence sad. For the first time ever. He knew better than to be doing it. The Bible says he actually feared. Because you don't. How dare you be in the presence of royalty and treat it normal. I don't care what's going on in your life. I don't care if you just got left. I don't care if you just lost your job. Don't come in the king's presence sad. And because he did, he thought that his life was in danger, which it was. Which it was. And, but the king, he had found favor with the king. The king asked him what's wrong, and he gives him this answer. He says, why should not my countenance be sad when the city, the place of my father's sepulchers, lieth waste and the gates thereof consumed with fire. Notice in this verse, Nehemiah says the city lies in waste and the gates are burned, not the wall lie in waste and the gates are burned. Because the wall was the city. Our walls are salvation. The city lie in waste. Men are wasting salvation. Do you know you're wasting your salvation when we don't operate in glory? We're wasting our salvation waiting to die to punch our ticket to heaven. We're wasting it. The, the city is lying in. We're wasting most of the benefits. Right. Amen? Amen? Of what God wants to do now. Because we're imprisoned by religious paradigms that believe the power of salvation can only be realized after death. But I've already died. Completely ignorant of resurrection life now. This is the key. If salvation is a city, then I can move in. Cities aren't meant to be seen, they're meant to be moved in. If salvation is a city, 
then I can move in that city. I can build the house. I can build the life in that city. We're called to create a city where we build our life. In the city called salvation, come on, there's good joy. Just like there's, there's good food in cities. It's good joy. It's good joy. It ain't just joy, it's good joy. There's joy of watching a football game. There's, there, there, there's joy of going on vacation, but in the city. Some cities got better food than other cities. In the city called Salvation, y'all know they're, they're skyscrapers. Come on, can you use your spiritual imagination? Image gives you imagination. Skyscrapers are buildings you can go high in and experience the heavens. They're skyscrapers in the city. Places, heights that you can go where you can experience the glories of God. Just like there are skyscrapers in real cities. Come on, in the city there's parks of peace. You know how you can go to a park in your city? In the city of salvation, you can find parks of peace where you can sit and rock in the, in the peace of God. That's, I'm trying to help you understand, amen, how to see a city that can't be seen. Whose builders and foundation is of God. I'm, go, I'm going here and, and, and I'm closed. And I'm closing. Nehemiah chapter 2 verse 17. And I'm closing. Hallelujah. Nehemiah chapter 2 verse 17. Then said I unto them, you see the distress that we're in, how Jerusalem lieth waste, and the gates thereof are burned with fire. This is now Nehemiah talking to the people. Come and let us build up the wall of Jerusalem that we be no more then I told them of the hand of my God, which was good upon me, as also the king's word that he had spoken unto me. And they said, let us rise up and build. So they strengthened their hands for this good work. Watch this. But then Sanballat, Sanba, I ain't even going to go to Sanballat in the mess. I hold, go to verse number 20, because I ain't got time to really hit that. And it's so, so, so much. Because, you know, um, Samba, Tobiah means God is good. God is good because religion always claims God is good, but don't really want you to build a wall that proves his goodness. All right. But that's, that's another one. Verse 20. Then answered I them and said unto them, the God of heaven, he will prosper us. Therefore, we, his servants, will arise and build. Glorious Remnant Revival Community, this is the word of the Lord to us today. Arise and build. Arise and shine, for thy light has come. I'm here to tell you right now, God is now releasing the financing for the wall. The funding for the wall has been approved. By an outpouring of adulation. Because I'm here to tell you right now, it's our passion that pays for it. 
And the reason why God is pouring out the adulation that he's pouring out is because walls are built by passion, not precision. They're built by a people who are... Do you know what Nehemiah's name means? Nehemiah's name in Hebrew means consolation of Jah. Consolation of Jah, J-A-H, short for Jehovah, the one and true real name of, of, of the living God according to Old Testament revelation. They knew that was the greatest name you could give him was Jehovah. Consolation of Jah is what Nehemiah's name literally means. Jah means God most vehement. Yes, it is the uh, vehement means passion. Vehement means fire. Vehement means desire. There always has to be a Nehemiah nature that's released that will lead the rebuilding of the wall. It is not built by precision. It's built by Jah, the Lord thy God that is zealous. It is the zeal of the Lord that performs it. I'm here to tell you the passion that you've got inside of you right now. The zeal of the Lord has performed it. I'm rallying the people of God today. Let us arise and rebuild the walls of salvation together. Let us arise and rebuild the gates of praise. Come on, let's rebuild it with adulation. Let us arise and rebuild the walls of salvation. Let's rebuild it with excessiveness. Let us arise and rebuild the walls of salvation. Let's rebuild it with a moderate Prodigal passion, worship expression that goes beyond border. I need some people that'll get up on the wall for just one minute. Come on. I need some people. We're not closing yet. We're not closing yet. Because I, I decree and declare tonight that the Nehemiah nature is released upon this house. In the mighty name of Jesus. I decree the nature of Nehemiah. I decree the Lord most vehement. I decree the Lord of passion. I decree the Lord of desire. I decree the Lord of zeal. Let us rise up and restore salvation for what it really is. Let us rise up and reject this nickel and penny sometime in the future. Salvation that doesn't give us access to the kingdom. for the wall. I'm here to tell you, I don't know what they're doing in Washington, but I know what they're doing in the kingdom. They are not, they've already passed the bill. They said, go ahead and start building the wall. They are, the God is supplying the supplies. Every Thanksgiving that comes out of your mouth, that's funding for the wall. Glory be to God. All the new desire that you have for God, that's funding for the wall. The stuff that wakes you up in the morning and makes you want to pray, that's funding for the wall. Let us arise and rebuild build the 
Come on, I need somebody to grab a hold of the Nehemiah nature on tonight. Hallelujah, hallelujah. I ain't, I ain't trying to hype you. I ain't trying to get you. I, I'm trying to get you a mind to work. I'm trying to help you to understand. I know you're hungry, but this is work. I know you're ready to go home, but this is work. I need to break the entertainment spirit off of you. And I need you to understand that when we're building a wall, we're doing a work. And we can't come down. What I'm trying to tell you right now in the mighty name of Jesus, that this ain't church. This ain't tradition. I'm trying to find some workers. I'm trying to find some men that will have a mind to work. I'm trying to find some women that will have a mind to work. Your praise is your work. As much as it is your privilege. He demands nails, but he gives the nails he demands. He demands a hammer, but he gives the hammer he demands. He demands a praise, but he pours out the praise he demands. church with sickness, they're supposed to be healed because they're in our midst. Or do you think that was a fairy tale message? How many really, if you really believe in the wall, let, let, let me ask you, how many of you really believe that there is a, there is a wall called salvation, that when men come in there, whatever they come in, the devil has to check his bondage at the door. The strong man is disarmed and men are having open or open room to be freed by the kingdom of the living God. I need you to understand that must be rebuilt. With so belittled salvation, glory be to God. Do you understand, amen, that, that those same Indian people that I'm going to preach to, they go and have four to six hour prayer meetings at a time. They pray for four to six hours straight. Glory be to God. They'll sit and talk about the Bible out of nowhere for two and three hours at a time unplanned they they will praise god amen extensively because they understand glory be to god that he now deserves the praise but salvation has been so broken down because we can go get tylenol salvation has been so broken down because we can go to the bank and borrow money that we don't understand now the glory that we have but i need somebody in here that recognizes the walls are broken down there's stuff getting in the church that shouldn't be getting in the church there's sick that should not be getting in the church. There are oppressions that should not be getting in the church. There are bondages that should not be sitting in here right now. I need somebody to rise up and build in this place. I need you to hear the clarion call of God. Let me blow the trumpet with my voice on tonight. I need you to understand that I'm not trying to hype you. I'm trying to call you into a place of building because people...
first gathered the heads of the tribe. I ain't asking everybody, but I need my leaders to get the building. Nehemiah first met with the heads of the tribe. I need my leadership to say yes in spite of your feeling. Come on, we're going we're gonna to tap into this thing for a moment. I don't even need the people who ain't there. That's so fine. That's fine. But I need to meet with my leaders up in here. Come on, I need you to rise up. Come on, and release a Nehemiah nature in this atmosphere. Come on, glory be to God. The food ain't going nowhere. The life ain't going nowhere. It'll be there waiting for us. But I need somebody to make up in your mind. Come on, that in this house and in this place, tonight that we're saying yes to rise again and we're going to rebuild this wall. Salvation will be glorious again. Praise will be glorious again. The power of God is coming back to his church. Healing. 